Well, praise the Lord, everyone. We're going to get right into the word. And we've been in, we've been covering the armor of God for the last four messages. And we're continuing the last three messages and we're continuing on today. And and today, the title of the message, of course, is to lift up the shield of faith. And it comes out of Ephesians verse chapter 6, verse 16. And it says, above all, in the Amplified Version, above all, lift up the protective shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Now the first three armor pieces, the belt of truth, the, the breastplate of righteousness, the, the gospel of peace shoes, as I referred to them uh, last week, had to be put on and worn. Once you put them on, they pretty much stay in place and do their job without requiring much effort on your part. Our righteous deeds were as dirty rags. We could not make ourselves righteous. We could not have peace, therefore, with God. So, so God sent Christ Jesus down to become our propitiation, the atonement for our sins. And he became sin for us and made us the righteousness of God in him. Amen? So Jesus did that work. God's word is truth. We don't even have to agree with it. Let God be true and everyone else a liar. God's word is truth. We just have to believe that it is. The gospel is the gospel. It's good news. Peace between man and God through Christ Jesus. It is what it is. We have the gift of salvation. It's given to us. We couldn't earn it. Our works can never be good enough. We just have to put it on. Are you hearing me? But Paul depicts faith as a shield. A shield is not a wearable armor piece. It's not something you can just put on and forget about. It must be lifted up. It must be raised in the heat of battle in order to be effective. If a shield isn't lifted up and used in battle, it cannot do what it was designed to do. Are you hearing me tonight? Now, the technology of armor has changed over the centuries. But the principle has remained the same, which is to protect soldiers during battle, right? Today's armor is mostly designed to protect against bullets. However, in Roman times, which is when Paul wrote the book of Ephesians, the primary weapons used in battle were swords, daggers, and projectile weapons like spears, javelins, and arrows. Now, as important as breastplates and belts and shoes were during close 
uh, during close quarters, hand-to-hand combat, they were not adequate protection against projectile weapons like spears, javelins, and arrows. Soldiers needed protection from that type of weaponry during battle. The Roman shield, or it's also called the scutum, was created mainly to protect soldiers from projectile attacks. The shield was oval or rectangular in shape with curved edges. It's roughly four feet tall and two and a half feet wide and had a metal piece in the middle called a boss. It provided protection against weapons wielded by combatants in close combat and against projectile weapons fired from a distance. With it, Roman soldiers could deflect enemy attacks, then charge enemies and knock them off balance, setting them up for a counterattack. Sometimes we look at the shield as, as, as only a defensive weapon that can, y'all pray for me, I like to move. So I'm trying hard to stay, to remain stationary. Just pray for me that God will give me the grace to do it, you know. But, uh, but we, we often think of the shield as strictly a defensive weapon that is warding off attacks from the enemy. And for the most part, yes, it is. But that's not just how the Romans used the scutum. That's not how just how they used their shield, okay? Yes, it was designed to protect from attacks from weaponry that your breastplate just wasn't adequate to protect you from, all right? And so, so they were able to simultaneously be protected from flaming arrows coming at them while they continued to advance. They could withstand the enemy's volleys and barrage of arrows and continue to advance. It's very intentional, I believe, that Paul used this analogy that he's used as far as the armor of God concerning the spiritual warfare that we must wage. And so they were able... Having a shield that was effective against all weapons that were forged at the time gave Roman soldiers tremendous confidence. There wasn't a weapon forged back then that would render the Roman shield ineffective in battle. And that gave them tremendous confidence. Now, the confidence that Roman soldiers had in their shield's ability to protect them gave them courage to forcefully advance even against heavily armed enemy forces. I hope you're hearing that tonight because I'm going to translate that into the spiritual realm as we continue in this message. They were able to forcefully advance with courage because they had confidence that the enemy's weapons could not penetrate their shields. I hope you're hearing that, and I hope that's resonating in your heart this evening. So instead of turning and running for cover when a barrage of flaming arrows were headed their way, Roman soldiers were able to stand their ground, lift up their shields, and let their shields block the flaming arrows of the enemy as they remain safe under the cover of shield, of the shield. Are you hearing me? And once the barrage was over, 
Because the enemy fired those barrages to, to, to halt or to stop or to intimidate the, to halt or stop the advance of the Roman army. To intimidate them and, and hopefully get them into fear and cause them to retreat. That's what that barrage is designed to do. But the shield that the Roman army could raise enabled them to withstand those barrages and continue to advance. And once the barrage was over, I'll repeat that, Roman soldiers could then continue their advance against the enemy, marching forward toward what was inevitable victory. Hallelujah. God's shield of faith provides greater protection for us in spiritual warfare than Roman shields did for Roman soldiers in natural warfare. I'm going to repeat that, children of God. God's shield of faith provides greater protection for us in spiritual warfare than Roman shields did for Roman soldiers in natural warfare. God wants faith to be our spiritual shield. It'll defend us against the barrage of attacks from the enemy. Now, what do I mean by barrage attack? A barrage attack is a quick and heavy attack. It's sudden. The intent of a barrage attack is to use overwhelming force to overpower you. The devil's barrage attacks are designed to overwhelm and overpower our minds and our hearts. The devil is shooting flaming arrows. It's a barrage attack. He wants us to see those arrows coming our way. And, and he wants us to quake in our boots. He wants us to be tempted to run and shriek in fear. He wants us to totally freak out and begin to doubt our ability to overcome him. He wants us to run and shrink to safety so that we're no longer a threat to him. So he shoots out that barrage. And, and, and we think it's a demonstration of his power. We think it's a, a demonstration of, of his might that that's too much for us to handle. But I want to tell you that it's a demonstration of his desperation. It's a demonstration of his knowledge that he knows that, 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 that we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who loves us. That, that, that those of us who know he's already a defeated foe, he is afraid of our forceful advance of the kingdom. And so in desperation, he's shooting a volley of arrows, flaming arrows. He's barraging us, hoping that that would intimidate us, that it would overpower our minds and our hearts, that it would overpower our thoughts and our emotions. And if we do not pick up and raise our shield of faith, we will be devoured by the enemy of our souls. And so I'm encouraging you tonight, children of God, to take up that shield of faith and raise it, lift it up, raise it, and let the faith that we have in God protect us from the doubt, fear, and unbelief that the enemy is trying to attack us with. I 
I know y'all aren't in here. I'm hoping there's a few amens out there. So I want you to go to Daniel chapter 3. And I feel like this this is a very familiar passage for most. Uh, we won't go over the whole chapter, but but just to give a little bit of backstory here, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar has has gotten pretty full of himself. Okay, and he's made a he's made a golden image, ninety feet tall, nine feet wide. This image he's demanding everyone worship under penalty of death. So it becomes an edict. It becomes law. He sends it all out and, and he talks to, he, 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 he brings all the leaders of his kingdom on the scene for the dedication of this newly built image, commands them all to bow down and worship it. But there were three Hebrew boys, friends of Daniel, who worshiped the Lord on high. They worshiped Jehovah. They worshiped Elohim. They, 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 they worshiped the, the only true and living God. And, and, and they would not bow to an idol, to a, to, a, to a golden image. And there were some Chaldeans who I believe, wanted to curry favor with King Nebuchadnezzar. They ratted them out, hoping to probably have their position someday. And that brings us to verse 13 of Daniel chapter 3. We'll pick it up there. And the 13 through 15, I have in my notes, flaming arrows fired. And it says, starting in the 13th verse, Then Nebuchadnezzar, in furious rage, commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought. So they brought these men before the king, Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I've set up? Now, if you're ready... When you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, if you're ready to fall down and worship the image that I've made at that time, well and good. But if you do not worship, you shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? That's an arrogant statement. Who is the God that can deliver you out of my hand? Now, it's an ultimatum to you, okay? I hear about your God, and I hear about your faith, and so forth, but I'm king of this place. I'm the head honcho, and what I say goes. And with all due respect to your God, and all due respect to your faith, you're going to do what I've commanded you to do, or you're going into that fiery furnace, and you're going to be burned alive. These next three verses are shields up. Amen? Shields of faith lifted up. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego 
answered and said to the king, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. I love it. If this be so, say, okay, in other words, we're not going to bow to your image. All right? There is no answer. There's nothing for us to debate. Okay? God has spoken. He and he alone is God. He said, do not worship idols. You're asking us to disobey God's commandment. So this is not something that we have to discuss among ourselves. This is not something that we have to, we, we, that we're open to being reasoned with. This is not a decision for us. It's not a choice for us. We are all in with God. And we're going to obey him regardless of the, the, the consequences that may threaten us. And so, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. That's a declaration of faith. Our God is able to deliver us from that faith. I like that faith. It's strong. It's declarative. It's unwavering. It's not double-minded at all. Our God is able to do it. Our God is greater than your furnace. Our God is greater than you. Our God is greater than this situation. How many of you know that our God is greater than this situation that we're in today? He's greater than a pandemic. He's greater than COVID-19. Amen? He's greater than than, than the troubles and trials and issues that we face this day. There's so much around us that we can get overwhelmed if we take our eyes off of the God of our salvation and begin to look at the stormy waters too hard. You remember when Peter got out of the boat? He was walking towards Jesus. Jesus bid him come. He said, if it's really you, Lord, bid me come. Jesus said, come. And he was walking on the water. But when things got a little boisterous, he got his eyes off Jesus and he, his, his emotions, he got in his feelings, his emotions rose up. All of a sudden, he began to think, what am I doing? I'm not supposed to be walking on water. This is crazy. This is nuts. And everything, then next thing you know, what was faith? That impossible, seemingly impossible faith that enabled him to walk on the surface he should not have been able to walk on. All of a sudden, he got into his natural mind and he began to sink. All of a sudden, what was possible began to, began to shrink in his mind. All of a sudden, what was possible in the Lord didn't seem so possible anymore. And that's what Satan's barrage attacks are designed to get us to do, to get out of a mind of faith and get us in doubt, fear, and unbelief, get us worried about possibilities, get us worried about what something can develop into, get us, get, get, get us worried about the worst-case scenario. Instead of being full of faith, trusting that God, is not surprised. He's not taken aback by any of this. He is in full control on his throne. And we can trust him that he's going to be faithful, that he's for us and not against us. And if God be for us, who can stand against us? Not even Satan himself can stand against us because God is for us. Are you hearing me? The Hebrew boys, they knew it. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Okay, so he says, I love that declaration of faith. If this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us 
Love that. Out of your hands, O king. But if not, even if he doesn't, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. You see, they have relationship with God. All right? And they were all in with God. You know, it's one thing to believe that God is going to do it and God is going to save me from this faith. But you know, we have beloved brothers and sisters all around the world throughout time that have ended up being martyrs for the cause of the kingdom, end up being martyrs for God. God's not always going to save miraculously. He's not going to always prevent us from suffering death, the ultimate penalty, death in obedience to him. So what we've got to decide is resolving ourselves, you know what, Lord, am I ready, if need be, to pay the ultimate price? Am I ready, Father God, to to, to be obedient to you even unto death? And I want to encourage you, you are ready. And God will give you the grace to do it. When he's called you to do something and, and, and you don't know the end of it, you don't know the outcome, you just know that you're going to be obedient to God so that you, out of obedience, you being obedient to him, your prayer should only, always be that God be glorified. In however way he, he chooses to glorify himself. If it will be to his ultimate glory to be glorified through my death, then so be it, Lord. Because to be absent from the body is to be present with you, and, 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 and that's a greater reward. That is an awesome reward. You know, it's, it's worth going through the pain of death in order to achieve that reward of being with my heavenly Father in heaven. Amen? Being with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so these young men had already resolved that in their hearts. I'm not, you know, I, I, I'm not going to let the fear of pain, the fear of death, the fear of sickness, uh, uh, any of those things cause me to lose faith in the, in the, in the God of my salvation. Cause he's able to save me to the utmost. I can't guarantee anyone that you won't get COVID-19 and so forth. I believe God is able to protect you to the utmost. Okay. It, it, he's able to protect us from being infected by it. He's able to heal us if we get affected by it. But I want to encourage you to have the mindset and have the attitude that even if he doesn't, I'm not going to bow to COVID-19. I'm not going to bow to any of the pressures and trials and issues of the day. I'm going to remain in faith and trust God through it all. Because he's able. Even my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ asked in the Garden of Gethsemane, Lord, is there another way or, 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 or must I drink of this cup? He asked three times. There was no other way. And so what did he do? He resolved. He had already resolved in his heart. He said, basically, he just said, yes, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. Our Savior died. He died a gruesome death. And you know what? It was the will of the Father 
But out of that gruesome death, beauty was brought from those ashes. He had to die. He had to suffer, bleed, and die in order for us to get peace with God, in order for us to be reconciled with God. Amen? And so those of us who are in Christ, we, we, we are on our way someday, on that day when he comes and we meet him in the sky, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Our redemption is secure. Our eternal salvation with the Lord has come about as a result of the cross. And thank God Almighty that Jesus Christ was faithful, he humbled himself, and became obedient even to the death of the cross. And if my Savior can do that for me without fear, he can do that with love, he can do it with dignity, he can do it with grace, he can do it with strength, then can we not do the same for him? Of course we can. And, 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 and in Christ, in the strength of the Lord, we can. Christ Jesus has already defeated Satan. Already. Jesus triumphed over Satan through the cross. So we're not fighting a war with uncertain outcome. We're not fighting a war with an uncertain outcome. We're fighting a war whose outcome has already been established. And guess what? We who are in Christ are on the victorious side. Amen. We're on the victorious side. We have overcome the world. First John 5, 4, ESV version says, for anyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Lift up those faith shields, y'all. Lift them up. Praise the Lord. Lift up those faith shields. In the amplified version, it says it this way. For everyone born of God is victorious and overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has conquered and overcome the world. Our continuing, persistent faith in Jesus, the Son of God. So there's no room for buts or what ifs or any other expressions of doubt, fear, and unbelief that would cause us to flee from the enemy we've already been given victory over. Why are we fleeing? He's defeated. God has subjected him and put him under our feet. We are victorious. We've already overcome the world. Greater is he who's in us than he who's in the world. Amen. So why are we fearing? Why are we tempted to flee and cower and run in fear? Our God is greater than that. Amen. For the weapons of our warfare, 2 Corinthians 10 verses 4 and 5 says, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. You know what? In the raising of your shield, you know what's involved in that? Taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. When we begin to, we, we, when we begin to think these negative thoughts, when we begin to, to think and embrace fear and, the, and those thoughts of doubt, fear, and unbelief overtake us, 
Remember, this is a barrage attack by the enemy. He's throwing those flaming arrows out there. And those flaming arrows, they're, they're, they're coming down on everyone. Those without a shield, their hearts and minds are going to be pierced. And he's going to be able to devour them. But those who have those shields, we can lift the shield of faith up. And that shield of faith will absorb those, absorb and deflect and repel those flaming arrows and they will do no harm to us. And, and, and so then we're able to continue to advance as we look at all those arrows that, that were once a threat in the air. They are, they, they are at our right side and our left side. They're on the ground, harmless. Their flames have gone out and we're continue, we're still standing. We're still standing, and if we're in faith, we're still advancing. That barrage failed, devil, and it didn't work. It didn't get me to turn and run and flee. It didn't get me to duck for cover. It didn't get me to 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 repent, to turn around and, 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 and with my tail tucked between my legs. No, all I did was I raised up my shield of faith. Because I know no weapon formed against me can prosper. I raised up my shield of faith and I, I was able to stand firm in position, not give ground while the arrows were being deflected by my shield. And once that barrage finishes, I go right back to advancing, forcefully advancing in the kingdom uh, uh, on behalf of the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. And so, so, no weapon. Isaiah 54 verse 17, amplified version, says no weapon that is formed against you will succeed. And every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you will condemn. The peace, righteousness, security, and triumph over opposition is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Amen? And this is their vindication from me says the Lord. Amen. And he's talking about the covenant of peace, the covenant of peace that we have in this new covenant in Christ Jesus. Amen. We have peace with God because we do. All right. He's our vindicator. Amen. Hallelujah. And so we got to realize our faith is not in ourselves. You know, David didn't confront Goliath because he believed in his own strength. He confronted Goliath because he believed in the strength of God. He had faith in God's ability to even use someone of his stature and someone of his age to defeat a monster of a man who was skilled in war and and, and was a total mismatch as far as advantages are concerned over David. He wasn't intimidated or cowered by that. And when Goliath was basically, his words were like flaming arrows, just like the enemy. He's mocking. He's taunting. He's allowing his his physical form behind his words to produce intimidation, to overpower their thoughts and their feelings, for him to think about what that man could do to me if I dared stand up to him. But it wasn't about him and them. It was about God who towered over Goliath. Pharaoh learned that lesson the hard way. And ultimately, Goliath did too. And so, do not allow uh, this, this COVID-19 crisis and so forth, do not allow it to taunt you. Do, do, do not allow it to taunt you like Goliath did the forces of Israel. Say, Where is your God? And so forth. Hey, come out and challenge me. You know, you have no chance against me. 
I am too strong. I'm too powerful. You know, I'm too amazing for you to have any chance against me. Bring your champion, any champion over here. I am so confident in my ability that I will win, that you have no chance, that I'm going to sit out here and I'm going to taunt you every day for over a month. I'm going to do it until somebody finally grows some courage and tries me so that I can go ahead and whip them and end this thing. Do not allow this situation that we're in to taunt us. All right? Really, to taunt our God by taunting us, by, 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 by overwhelming us and overpowering us, uh, causing us to cower, which, which does not speak. It's not a testimony of faith in the power of our God. All right? And so what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did, that's where the rubber met the road. They had faith in the power of their God. They knew he was well able to deliver them from the furnace. You know, in that story, they ended up getting tossed into the furnace. They could have very well died. And it still would have been an amazing story of faith because they stood their ground. They lifted up their shield of faith. And they were willing to pay the ultimate price. They would have paid the ultimate price in service to God Almighty. And I tell you what, becoming a martyr for the Lord you know what? It, it, it doesn't get any more awesome than that in the eyes of God. Amen? And that would have still been an amazing testimony. But you know what? God went into the furnace with them and miraculously protected them from, from, from being burned to death. The, 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 the men who tied them up and threw them in there, the fire was so hot that it killed them. But they did not die. They did not even get, their clothes didn't even get singed. There wasn't even the smell of smoke in their hair or clothes or anything. And then King Nebuchadnezzar said, wait a minute, didn't we put three people bound in there? Now, they say, yes, Lord. Well, now I see four people unbound in there. <laughs> Hallelujah. So they got bound and thrown into the fire and, and, they, and, and the Lord unbound them in the fire. And set them free. And without, without uh, going into it in a, in a whole lot of detail, that, that had a tremendous effect in changing the heart of King Nebuchadnezzar. He had them brought out and he honored not only them, but he honored their God. The, when, 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 when he mocked them earlier, what God is there that can save you from me? Don't, don't think for a moment that he wasn't mocking their God. He was defying him. But after seeing the power of God manifested on these young boys that, that had the audacity to stand up to a king in the truth of Almighty God, standing on the truth, they had the audacity to raise their shields up, their shields of faith against the flaming darts of King Nebuchadnezzar. And God came through in a mighty way on their behalf, and, and it ended up being a powerful witness to a powerful man who changed his whole perspective about their God. And, and, and then he changed his decree. You know, no one, no one could speak a negative thing about them or their God. <laughs> Amen? And so then this was a man that did not serve their God. 
And he was so moved that he demanded no one even speak a negative word against God. And he said, who is like this God who can save like this? This God is amazing. You know what? God can manifest himself that mightily today, now, in us, through us. If we would but raise our shields of faith, who would have the audacity that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had? And I will finish the message tonight with this passage in Romans 8, verses 35 to 39, which says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, feels like tribulation that we're going through these days now, doesn't it? Shall distress, ditto, right? Tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger. There's a danger associated with this, right? Or danger or sword. As it is written, for your sake we're being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No. Say no. No. In all these things. What things? Tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, sword. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. I want you to say, I'm more than a conqueror. I know we got, I know you at Facebook Live, you're saying it here, but even the few that are here today, y'all say it too. Say, I'm more than a conqueror. Through him who loves us. We're going to try that again, people. Uh, those, uh, the few that are present here, they're, uh, they're having a little trouble. Bear with us and pray for us. Hallelujah. So, say, I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who loves me. Amen. For I am sure that he goes on to say, for I am sure, I'm certain, I am positive, I am resolute in my belief. It's unwavering in, in my belief of this. I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So I want to encourage you tonight, children of God. I know there's, there's a lot of things weighing heavenly on your hearts. You know, there's a lot of reason to be concerned. There are reports. Everywhere you turn, it just seems like if it isn't one thing, it's another. And some of you may be feeling overwhelmed. It may be just a bit much. I want to encourage you to turn your eyes to the Lord. I want to remind you that you're living in a world that you've already overcome through faith in Christ Jesus. I want to remind you that you're not just a conqueror. You're more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. You're more than a conqueror. You know, someone who is a conqueror 
You know, there's no guarantee that they're going to conquer. That's their objective. That's their, de- that's their desire. They believe wholeheartedly that they're going to, but they have to put themselves at risk because the outcome is still uncertain. It's a battle that they very well can lose. But we're fighting a battle that has already been won. We already know the outcome of it. We know the end. We know the devil was defeated on Calvary's cross. We know the devil was defeated and stripped of all of his power. He was stripped and he was made an open display by Christ Jesus on that cross in Calvary. When he rose again on the third day, the enemy was done. Death was defeated. Sickness, disease, pandemics. All of this stuff was defeated on the cross. And Jesus just tells us, look, rest secure in this gospel of peace. Rest rest assured in your relationship with me. Rest assured in the work that I have done. Because my promises are yes and amen. This covenant is everlasting. There is nothing that can cause this covenant not to come to pass. These promises are eternal. These promises are certain. There is nothing the enemy can do to change that. The victory is not something we're striving for. The victory is something that's already been done, so it should be something that we're walking in. The triumph of the Lord. Are you hearing that? I hope you're hearing that. And that makes us more than conquerors. Because there's really, as long as we keep our ourselves fully armored up, as long as we don't drop our shield of faith, right? You know, as long as we, we got more armor pieces that we're going to be covering in the com- in, in, in the coming weeks, but, but, but we've already strapped on our belt of truth. We've already put on our breastplate of righteousness. We, we've already laced up and tied up tight our gospel of peace shoes. And now we've, we're, we're taking up our shield of faith. And every time the enemy raises up a weapon, every time the enemy tries to, gets ready to hit you with a barrage of arrows, in, in, in an attempt to try and intimidate you and get you to cower and retreat, they're trying to get you fearful and full of doubt and unbelief, then we got to remember the word of God and we've got to raise up our shield of faith to repel those, those arrows because he sees us forcefully advancing and he's trying to prevent us from, from kicking down the gates of hell and releasing those who are in bondage to him. He's trying to to kill our influence. He's trying to get us to get into our feelings and get into negative thinking, to, 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 to toss down our shield of faith and choose of our own accord not to be the ambassadors for Christ that we've been called to be. And I want to encourage you to lift that shield of faith up. Forcefully advance against the enemy. You may not be able to do it in person. You know what? What the enemy means for evil, the Lord can turn around for good. So you can still have your Bible studies. Use Zoom and some other, use technology to your your advantage. Get into the word of God. Encourage one another. Build one another up. 
spur one another on to the Lord, love and good works. You know, just be full of faith and continuing to advance against the enemy. And if God speaks to you to deliver a word, if, if it's on Facebook Live or whatever platform you use, and he wants you to just speak a word, and it's, it may be a word to unbelievers. You know what? Do it in faith. Be obedient to God and do it and just trust God for the results. Amen? Don't be afraid to put yourself out there. All right? If God has you to minister to someone you uh, uh, when you're out and about, for those of you who live in a place that you still can go to the store and get needed supplies and so forth and so on, you know what? Don't be so afraid that you're running in there with your mask on, grabbing food and running back home. You know what? Incline your ear to the Lord and say, okay, God, what is there an assignment you have for me while I'm here? Okay, Lord, what is your will for me today? I, I still want your kingdom to come on earth even as it is in heaven. And I, and I want to be used of you, Lord, to accomplish your will and to glorify you. I want my light to shine. Okay, Lord? And so even in the face of this, you know what? I'm not going to be irresponsible. I'm not going to be stupid and so forth. But I'm also not going to let fear grab a hold of me and and, and dictate to me what I will and will not do. I'm going to be respectful of authorities. Okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be mindful of those things. But you know what? I'm not going to cower to this thing. I'm going to serve my God. And I'm, I'm going to incline my ear to what he's saying to me so that he might use me for his glory even in this situation. If you bow with me in a word of prayer. Father God, we just thank you so much for your word of truth. We thank you so much, Father God, that Jesus Christ became our atoning sacrifice on that cross at Calvary. We thank you, Father God, that through that cross of Calvary, his death, burial, and resurrection, that he made an open display, he made an open show of Satan, and, 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 and he defeated him once for all. He defeated Satan. And in him, we have peace. In Christ, in him, in Christ Jesus. We have salvation. In him, in what he did on Calvary's cross, we place our faith. What he did on Calvary's cross, when he conquered death, when he conquered the grave, when he conquered sin and death, death has no more dominion over him. He is king of kings and he is Lord of lords forever. The covenant that we have in his blood and in his name is an everlasting covenant. And by his strength and his grace, until we go home to be with you, Lord, we can walk in the victory that he has already won. Father, give us boldness. Give us courage to stand on the truth of your word, to stand on the principles of God. Give us boldness and courage in this day, in this evil day, not to cower in the face of intimidation. 
I pray everyone within the sound of my voice who's hearing this, be they be uh, be they New Covenant Fellowship members or not. I pray that they're being strengthened in their faith right now. If they've been walking in doubt, fear, and unbelief, I pray, Father God, that that conviction in their heart is happening right now. And, and they're repenting of that and saying, what have I been doing? I've been letting this thing freak me out, mock me, my faith, my God. No more. I'm going to stand on the faithfulness of God. I'm going to stand on the truth of his word. And I'm going to be more focused on hearing what God is saying, what God is speaking to me. Then I am worried about what might happen tomorrow or what threat might be around the corner and so forth. Father God, I just thank you that your power, that greater is, are you who in us than he who is in the world. And I thank you that Jesus, when he was lifted up, when he conquered death and hell, he was exalted and seated at your right hand given a name that is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue confess to the glory of God the Father Father I just pray you be glorified and I pray your people are blessed and encouraged and lifted up and full of faith and I expect there to be great testimonies Father God of, of your goodness and, and of your working in our individual hearts and through us as blessings to other people, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So praise God. I love you all. Um, I just want to thank uh, James and Desiree back there for working the booth, Dominique and Brittany for doing worship. It was awesome. It really blessed my heart. You guys chose very well on those songs. Uh, hopeful, inspirational, faith-producing. Faith it's just awesome. And so... New Covenant Fellowship, we love you, God bless you, and good night.